Hello, friends. I'm Pastor Pitts Evans. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. Let's get right to the Word of God. 1 Samuel chapter 20. Then David fled from Naoth at Ramah and went to Jonathan and asked, What have I done? What is my crime? How have I wronged your father that he is trying to kill me? Never, Jonathan replied. You're not going to die. Look, my father doesn't do anything great or small without letting me know. Why would he hide this from me? It isn't so. But David took an oath and said, Your father knows very well that I've found favor in your eyes. And he has said to himself, Jonathan must not know this or he will be grieved. Yet as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, there's only a step between me and death. Jonathan said to David, Whatever you want me to do, I'll do for you. So David said, Look, tomorrow's the new moon feast, and I'm supposed to dine with the king. But let me go and hide in the field until evening of the day after tomorrow. If your father misses me at all, tell him, David earnestly asked my permission to hurry to Bethlehem, his hometown, because an annual sacrifice is being made there for his whole clan. If he says, Very well, then your servant is safe. But if he loses his temper, you can be sure that he's determined to harm me. As for you, show kindness to your servant, for you have brought him into a covenant with you before the Lord. If I am guilty, then kill me yourself. Why hand me over to your father? Never, Jonathan said. If I had the least inkling that my father was determined to harm you, wouldn't I tell you? David asked, Who will tell me if your father answers you harshly? Come, Jonathan said, let's go out into the field. So they went there together. Then Jonathan said to David, I swear by the Lord, the God of Israel, that I will surely sound out my father by this time the day after tomorrow. If he is favorably disposed toward you, will I not send you word and let you know? But if my father intends to harm you, May the Lord deal with Jonathan, be it ever so severely, if I do not let you know and send you away in peace. May the Lord be with you as he has been with my father. But show me unfailing kindness like the Lord's kindness as long as I live, so that I may not be killed. And do not ever cut off your kindness from my family, not even when the Lord has cut off every one of David's enemies from the face of the earth." So Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David, saying, May the Lord call David's enemies to account. And Jonathan had David reaffirm his oath out of love for him, because he loved him as he loved himself. Then Jonathan said to David, Tomorrow's the new moon feast. You will be missed, because your seat will be empty. The day after tomorrow, toward evening, go to the place where you hid when this trouble began, and wait by the stone of Ezel. I will shoot three arrows to the side of it as though I were shooting at a target. Then I'll send a boy and say, go find the arrows. If I say to him, look, the arrows are on this side of you, bring them here, then come, because as surely as the Lord lives, you're safe, there is no danger. But if I say to the boy, look, the arrows are beyond you, then you must go, because the Lord has sent you away. And about the matter you and I discussed, remember... The Lord is witness between you and me forever. 
So David hid in the field. And when the new moon feast came, the king sat down to eat. He sat in his customary place by the wall, opposite Jonathan, and Abner sat next to Saul. But David's place was empty. Saul said nothing that day, for he thought something must have happened to David to make him ceremonially unclean. Surely he's just unclean. But the next day, the second day of the month, David's place was empty again. Then Saul said to his son Jonathan, Why hasn't the son of Jesse come to the meal, either yesterday or today? Jonathan answered, David earnestly asked me for permission to go to Bethlehem. He said, Let me go, because our family is observing a sacrifice in the town, and my brother has ordered me to be there. If I have found favor in your eyes, let me get away to see my brothers. That's why he was not come to the king's table. Saul's anger flared up at Jonathan, and he said to him, You son of a perverse and rebellious woman, don't I know that you've sided with the son of Jesse to your own shame and to the shame of the mother who bore you? As long as the son of Jesse lives on this earth, neither you nor your kingdom will be established. Now send someone to bring him to me, for he must die. Why should he be put to death? What has he done? Jonathan asked his father. But Saul hurled his spear at him, trying to kill him. Jonathan then knew that his father intended to kill David. Jonathan got up from the table in fierce anger. On that second day of the feast, he did not eat, because he was grieved at his father's shameful treatment of David. In the morning, Jonathan went out to the field for his meeting with David. He had a small boy with him, and he said to the boy, Run and find the arrows I shoot. As the boy ran, he shot an arrow beyond him. When the boy came to the place where Jonathan's arrow had fallen, Jonathan called out after him, Isn't the arrow beyond you? Then he shouted, Hurry, go quickly, don't stop. The boy picked up the arrow and returned to his master. Now the boy knew nothing about all this, only Jonathan and David knew. Then Jonathan gave his weapons to the boy and said, Go, carry them back to town. After the boy had gone, David got up from the south side of the stone and bowed down before Jonathan three times with his face to the ground. Then they kissed each other and wept together. But David wept the most. Jonathan said to David, Go in peace, for we have sworn friendship with each other in the name of the Lord, saying, The Lord is witness between you and me, and between your descendants and my descendants forever. Then David left, and Jonathan went back to the town. So, once again, we find David fleeing from uh, Saul's wrath, and uh, the chapter starts when David is still in league with Samuel. Saul has come. Saul's prophesying. There's like a temporary reprieve, but David wisely leaves while Saul is kind of subdued and under the watchful eye of Samuel. And then verse 1 of chapter 20, we read that David fled from Naoth at Ramah and went to Jonathan. So he goes to his friend, um, the son of Saul, looking for not only comfort, but for what's going on. He says, what have I done? What's my crime? How have I wronged your father so that he's trying to kill me? And Jonathan says, no, no, that could never happen. You're not going to die. My father doesn't do anything without telling me, you know, what his plans are. Why would he hide it from me? 
But David took an oath and said, Your father knows very well I have found favor in your eyes. And he has said to himself, Jonathan must not know this, or he will be grieved. Talking about his, his murder plans. Yet as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, there's only a step between me and death. And so David um, wisely assessed the situation. He recognized that um, Saul fully intended to murder him, even if Jonathan was unaware. So in verse 12, Jonathan says to David, I swear by the Lord, the God of Israel, that I will surely sound out my father by this time the day after tomorrow. If he is favorably disposed toward you, will I not send you word and let you know? But if my father intends to harm you, may the Lord deal with Jonathan, be it ever so severely, if I do not let you know and send you away in peace. May the Lord be with you as he has been with my father. That's an interesting blessing. Verse 14, but show me unfailing kindness like the Lord's kindness as long as I live so that I may not be killed, and do not ever cut off your kindness from my family, not even when the Lord has cut off every one of David's enemies from the face of the earth. And so Jonathan um, pleads with David with an eye toward the future, saying, you know, don't forget about me, don't forget about my family. And of course, David had no intention of abandoning Jonathan or his family. So in verse 16, Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David, saying, May the Lord call David's enemies to account. And Jonathan and David uh, reaffirmed uh, their oaths for one another because they loved each other as dear best friends. And so in spite of Saul's murderous intentions, his son, who would have been the heir apparent to the throne, loved David and recognized the Lord's hand on David. And so once again, Jonathan tries to intercede with Saul and Things don't go well initially. Saul is oblivious to what's going on, but he ultimately comes to be aware that David is is, uh, in hiding and Jonathan's covering up for him. In verse 30, we read, Saul's anger flared up at Jonathan, and he said to him, you son of a perverse and rebellious woman, don't I know that you've sided with the son of Jesse to your own shame and to the shame of the mother who bore you? As long as the son of Jesse lives on the earth, neither you nor your kingdom will be established. So Saul is acknowledging the fact that his intention was for the the throne to go to Jonathan. But Jonathan knew the Lord had other plans. So Saul goes on and he says, Jonathan, send for David because he's got to die. And um, uh, Jonathan once again intercedes for him. And his father gets very angry in verse 33. Saul hurls his spear at him to kill him. And so he tries to kill his own son because of uh, Jonathan's defense of David. And then, of course, Jonathan recognized that his father intended to kill David as well, still. So Jonathan goes and warns David, and um, they swear friendship with each other again and cry and weep and ask the Lord to witness the covenant forever between them and their descendants. And David leaves, and Jonathan goes back to his father. So it's a very sad state of affairs. Uh, Jonathan, by all accounts, everything that we've read in the book of 1 Samuel, Jonathan was a a virtuous, godly man who genuinely loved David and genuinely loved the Lord, and he loved his father. And um, I was shocked and appalled and and, um, really concerned over Saul's attitude toward David, and he tried to intercede and intervene with his dad, but with no success. 
Lord, um, we recognize this special friendship between David and Jonathan. And Lord, um, we desire to have friends as close as they were, and we desire to be friends that can be as close to others as they were. God, bring us into uh, right relationships. Uh, Lord, this was not a a same-sex sexual relationship, but this was a same-sex friendship that was deep and has abided now for some 3,000 years since the days of their flesh. Because, Lord, they loved each other and they loved you. They shared their friendship with you. And, uh, God, we, we admire the friendship that they had and the allegiance they had to one another and to you and your purposes. Lord, may we be like-minded as David and Jonathan were. Uh, may we be like-minded in our generation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.